Part ten of Coniston Tales by W. G. Collingwood. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Hermit of Monk Coniston. It is often asked by readers of the late Dr. Gibson's ramblings and ravings round the old man whether his legends are founded on fact or mere inventions of his own. That of the Hermit at Bankground was based on a tradition preserved by the old statesman family there who used to show a well which like another between far end and the village had some repute as a holy well it is likely that there was a hermit or more than one in succession on the spots where the banks family afterwards made their ground as a set-off to the rollicking nineteenth-century tale of father bryan i have tried to sketch the portrait of a real hermit from authentic records in the middle of the fourteenth century certain yorkshire nuns wrote the life of richard roll of hampole preacher author and hermit they prepared it in the form of an office or service to be used in celebrating his feast day for they hoped that the pope would canonize him as indeed was well deserved for no man has ever written more nobly of the love of god and the life of the christian than richard roll he was one of those born saints who were a real blessing to their age whether the nun's petition never reached the pope or whether the devil's advocate prevailed we know not richard is not on the calendar but his life and works remain in medieval english and medieval latin to show us what a real hermit might be if we need assurance that the faith was not without witnesses in an age we call dark and erring fancy then for a moment that another such lived here and that the house of Furness put in their claim for him. On this wise, in the florid Latin of their day, they would have written. Fragment from an unedited manuscript of Furness Abbey. That blessed John, who for the honeyed sweetness of his eloquence, and the golden sentences of his wisdom, might rightly be called a second Johannes Chrysostomus, was born in a certain city of the meridional parts of England, but his parents being of the north country and loving the mountainous rudeness of this their fatherland more than the urbane enjoyments of the south brought him yet as a child into these regions by which habitude and early dwelling beside the outspread waters of our lakes and beneath the wooded rocks of remoter valleys there was instilled into him such awe of the divine wonders of the desert wilds which to many another are but a terror and a stumbling-block that even in his infantile age he sang with rare sweetness the glories of the creator in these his manifold and marvellous works psalm levavi oculos etc footnote these psalms and hymns are intended to be sung to enliven and vary the collation or reading of the office upon the feast day of the saint End of footnote nor was his mind on other matters uninformed for by the industry of his parents he was set to learn the rudiments of worldly letters and being proficient in latin was put to the university of oxford where he studied not without praise and early reputation thereafter voyaging in foreign parts from town to town of gallia and burgundia even unto the holy city he sought the converse of the learned and the study of such things as remain from ancient times in order to perfect himself in arts and sciences both humane and divine 
and in due course being made doctor and teacher in the said university by his eloquence he attracted by his exhortations improved and by his erudition informed the studious youth who flocked to him together with many of their elders both in oxford and elsewhere in whatsoever place he appeared another abelardus teaching and preaching a spiritual philosophy footnote the passage following is closely copied from the life of richard showing that it was known to the furnace scribe End of footnote. admirable indeed and profitable were this wonderful man's outpourings and sacred illustrations with which he brought many a hearer out of darkness into light and moreover in his mellifluous tractates and books composed for the edification of the world how many a period still re-echoes the sweetest harmony in the souls of those that have read with understanding how many a word of warning still rolls its thunders in the quaking hearts of those that have heard and trembled at the storm of his righteous indignation here follow verses in praise of his eloquence now when many years had been consumed in these labours and his bodily strength was somewhat abated though not the fire of a spirit ever ardent after the secrets of a divine life and the mysteries of the divine working this blessed man having regard to the saying of the apostle lest when i have preached etc bethought himself of retirement from the world and quitting the scene of his triumphs and disparting his goods among the poor he denuded himself of gold and silver giving to these precious stones and to those his books and images of price thus laying up greater and more enduring treasure in heaven of all rules of religion he chiefly esteemed the cistercian not for learning nor for power but being led by his philosophy not falsely so called toward the virtue of bodily toil and the felicities of pastoral life in which the cistercians do exercise themselves fulfilling the command in the sweat of thy brow etc for in this rule he found rightly balanced and intermixed the contemplative with the active and the double blessing of faith and works enjoyed so being come with the remnant of that he had to furness he was received with joy as one about to do honour to the place of his adoption with his substance and his fame and to edify men with the example of his life and the wisdom of his teaching verses in praise of the cistercian rule thus remaining for a space in all humility and yet in labour abundant it seemed that he might be chosen to high place yea even to end his days in the dignities of lordship and the chair of the abbot but for our faults this was not permitted and for his own greater glory hereafter greater things were in store for him there is a certain piece of water within the liberties of the lordship of st mary's by name the water of terstinus or in the english tongue it is lithorstein's water around this lake stand huge and well-nigh inaccessible mountains and especially along the oriental shores of it arise steep hills thickly beset with ancient trees such as oaks beeches hollies and so forth none inhabit there saving it be woodcutters and hearthmen in the service of our lord abbot for the burning of iron ore which they carry thither on the backs of horses from pits in allinscales and orgrave and elsewhere but on the adverse coast lie certain houses of the tenants of st mary's at a place called 
Lathwaite, and beyond the water of Ewardalbeck is Coningston and the hall of a good knight, father at the time of Sir John Fleming, who now holds of our Lord. Footnote. This fixes the date, for there were two Sir Johns, father and son, of whom the second died 1353. End of footnote. Else is all desert and forest land, until you come to Hawk and Shevard, at the farther side of certain mountains. Now, with permission of our Lord, and conducted by men who knew the land, is the blessed Johann come to the water, and brought in a boat to the farthest headland of the shore, and there set down with little pomp in the thickest part of the wood, beyond that region which the colliers and workers of iron had heretofore penetrated. It was surely by some providence that he found, even in these wilds, a little hut, left by a certain woodcutter, and empty, though ruinous, and hardly keeping the rain from his body, the which by labour being restored into some fitness of use, he inhabited, requiring little, and content with that which others scorned. More verses, so barbarous as to be untranslatable. Many are the wonderful histories yet in the mouths of all, concerning the deeds of this blessed man. How he dwelt there alone, improving the solitude with heavenly converse, and wrestling with the demons which infest the darkness of the waste. For victual he had that which the wood afforded him, and the little plot of land which with his own hands, the rough growth of wildings being eradicated, he tilled and set with fruit and herbs. Moreover, they of the place, knowing that a sanctity had come upon their homes through his presence, would visit him with their little offerings of a fish or a handful of meal, and from the hither bank of the water would come in their boats the children of the neighbours dwelling at Lathwaite and round about, whom he received gladly, telling them indeed but little of that philosophy for which he had been sought, and was still famed, but things suited to their infantile understanding, as one who had learned the secrets of the world and set no store by them. For he taught them of herbs and healing things, such as he had in daily habitude before his eyes. As the scripture says, from the cedar tree, etc., and beasts and fowl and creeping things were his brethren, resorting to him, and as Adam in the paradise he welcomed them each by name, knowing well their ways and needs. Yea, even the elements were obedient to him, for there is a certain spring of water. The rest of the story is hardly decipherable. It seems to refer to the miracle by which the virtues of this holy well were established and goes on to relate the hermit's dealings with the Fleming family, how the elder son William was struck with an incurable disease, and the daughter Joan was married to John Le Towers of Lowick, which we know happened in 1333. There is mention of two tenants of the Lowick family, Thomas Scale and Nicholas Child, and Cetera Desunt. End of Part 10